Welcome into the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. Harrison, we actually kind of sort of had stuff to talk about today. Like, it's not the typical show where we just kind of try to sound entertaining while we bullshit you guys for a half hour or so. Wow, that was a refreshingly... They, these are the kind of refreshingly honest podcast intros you only get at Silver Screen Roll. Anthony's like, usually our show's not worth listening to. It's just BS to like <laughs> fill the content void. Today, though, we have make actual... Make sure you tune in on a daily basis our, to Lakers Lowdown. Like, <laughs> we, should, we should make that the intro we should you should say that make it like a recurring bit say it every week like even if the lakers are in the finals it's like well we don't have to bs you guys this week there's actual news yeah. right right i've been i've been yeah that's what i'm gonna do it's gonna be like the middle of august hey we have actual news actual lakers news how about that first week of free agency hey we have actual news <laughs> exactly exactly uh today we have a free agency rumor we have Jason Kidd just like refuses to not be in the news cycle for, for coaching candidacies. And then uh, Bill Plaschke joined Teron Liu in telling people how to fan, which is, uh, which is certainly an angle to take in 2021. Let's start, though, with uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, the report is <laughs> the, the, the wording of the report is fantastic. Like, it's, a, just, it's one of the greatest anonymous source free agency quotes I've ever heard. It's amazing. It's from our buddy Christian Winfield of the New York Daily News. A quote, SB a Nation source. alum, my yeah. summer league friend. I have given this man car rides from the Thomas and Mack Center back to the SB Nation house. Our guy, Christian Winfield. Yeah, like, like the, our friend. I consider him yes. a buddy, like an online yeah, friend. I'm, yeah, I'm happy to add. This is an. I'm happy to aggregate him. Good for Christian. He got a real scoop. Absolutely. All right. So, quote, a source told the Daily News combo guard wants to go home or, quote, wants the bag. Continues with the quote, home is a preferred destination, the source told the Daily News, but he wants to secure his financial future, too. Uh, end quote. So, uh, again, just phenomenal stuff there from the source saying he wants no, like, the bag is amazing. That's incredible. Shouts to Christian for getting this source, whoever they are, comfortable enough with him to say, wants the bag. As like an on the record, like anonymous quote. Like that's what he he just wants. the. No, he doesn't want to secure his long-term financial future. He doesn't want to look out for his kids. He wants the bag. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's right up there. No contract number, just the bag. It's uh, hopefully it goes better for Spencer than it did for Isaiah Thomas, but it's right there with Brink's truck. truck. (laughs) Like it's right there. Uh, but yeah, so let's. I, there's a few angles to discuss on this. Obviously, one, the chances of it actually happening are kind of suspect because the Lakers only have their MLE to offer, their their mid level exception to offer, uh, which is around, I believe, nine million or so. And it's then like other point two million, I think, approximate or like nine point six ish, somewhere around. It's in the nine million range. Yeah. Yeah, and and so. And the, and the Clippers are basically, I believe, in the same spot, either that or or they might not even have that because they offered it to uh, Kennard. Uh, so I'm not sure what the what the Clippers would even be able to uh, offer. But let's just look at it from the Lakers' perspective here, and and the chances of this happening. If if it's either the bag or going home, usually the bag wins out. 
Usually the bag almost is almost always, takes- uh, especially, yeah. you know, you know, this as well as I do as somebody who's kind of kept track of these anonymous reports and seen the way that they go for a number of years now. Generally, when someone links the Lakers, says they want the bag or is you or, you know, X reason for wanting to go to the Lakers, they usually take the bag because they're just trying to scare whoever they want the bag from to give them the bag rather than let them get away to the Lakers for less money. Right, right. So so usually the Lakers are used as leverage to ensure that their client gets the bag. Uh is and and so and just so for comparison's sake, uh two thousand twenty-one uh last year, Spencer Dinwiddie made eleven and a half million bucks. Uh he had a player option this year for twelve point three million, which it seems he's he's going to decline. And, nope, and he hope- wants the bag, Anthony. So you don't, you don't like, you don't, you can't opt into the player option and get the bag. Like you got to opt out, and like that—that's the only time it's legal for teams to throw bags of money at. <laughs> I hope I want one of these days. So every time somebody signs a contract, it's on that like tiny little desk or something like that, and it looks like a super awkward thing. I want somebody to have a bag there. It could be a bag no, of whatever. We're gonna get. We're absolutely going to get like an awkward free agency meeting story of like some dorky GM like actually bringing like a bag into the meeting. And they're like, you said you wanted the bag. So we got a bag here for you. Like and it's like a team bag. And they like, I don't know, like they dump out some like team swag out of it. I don't know. It Like we're going to get some sort like the Kings will do it or someone like one of these dumb teams. Like, did you ever watch the cartoon of of Robin Hood, the Disney cartoon Robin Hood? Uh, all of the animal animated one like yeah the, 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 the right i mean yeah. a long time ago yeah right but they always had that bag that had like the dollar sign on it and it was just yes. like clearly filled with coins so that's what i want that's what i'm expecting somebody this year <laughs> <bag> of coins <laughs> they just drop a bag of quarters in front of him <laughs> mitch kupchak is like you asked for bitcoin right like this is bitcoin yeah a bit of coins <laughs> exactly but, but yeah, so all right. Aside from aside from the chances of this actually happening, beyond that, because I don't think either you or I consider it particularly likely, because he wants the bag, uh, and he would be taking a three million dollar discount now to come uh, play for the Lakers. Well, he wants to go home, or he wants the bag. It's a, it's an important right. clarification. Go home wants to go home, or wants the bag suggests that potentially home will weigh at, uh, you know weigh in above the bag. Yeah, but. What are the chances he gets much more than 11 or so, right? Because like he's the, last year he of, played three games. And he's coming off of, I believe it's an ACL, right? It was a knee injury. I'm blanking on what specifically the injury is. So if you could Google that. But he he's coming yeah. off of an injury and uh, ACL. And so it's, you know, yeah, I, the, the, I, my thought was the same as yours is that uh, can we guarantee? ACL. I mean, there will probably be someone there to pay him money because you know he was really good before that guys recover from acls this is not it's not like an achilles where it's a really really high risk recovery or whatever i mean maybe he'll be a little bit of a different player but Mm -hmm. for the most part i think guys there's a pretty good track record of guys coming back from acl injuries relatively all right especially he's not particularly old either 28 28 yeah so you know he should be able to get something you know into some somewhere you know resembling his prior form we would think so i would imagine that won't be too big of an impediment to him getting paid you know the the interesting thing is you know if the cap was not a thing and we weren't thinking about the money or the hometown angle or whatever just we're talking basketball 
he would be a really, really interesting fit for yeah. the Lakers as a guy who just, you know, it, it, provided they can get some shooters who can actually space the floor for him. That is like, certainly would be part of this. But as a guy who could maybe come in, kind of bring a little bit of a steadier presence to those AD and the backup units and, you know, maybe start as well, kind of like Dennis did. And then him and AD kind of lead those reserve units when LeBron goes and takes his breather, you know, as either uh, dumping off the ball to AD, get to the rim, spraying out the shooter. Like, there is apparently some kind of curse on LeBron teams that they can never have good offense when he's not on the floor. But, (laughs) you know, if you were building a guy in a lab to help that team do so, Spencer Dinwiddie would be a pretty good option. But again, we said the same thing about Dennis. And, you know, going back to his Cavs days, they said the same thing about Kyrie and Kevin Love. Like, they, they still, the Cavs still never had good offense while LeBron was off the floor. So maybe they should just stop trying to fix this problem. It's just impossible. But just thinking in pure basketball terms, Dinwiddie would be a guy that I'd really like a lot as a potential point guard for this team. It's just a matter of how much of a discount is he really willing to take? Is yeah. he going to opt out of 12 million, like you said, to take like a nine-ish million deal? What kind of gymnastics could the Lakers potentially do to get him to LA? Because we know that, you know, Rob Plinka can be creative with the cap. He can go and find deals when, you know, I think last season there was kind of this idea that the Lakers don't have that many weapons to add to their team. And look, like this team flamed out. But last offseason, we were all kind of praising, you know, how many additions he was able to make despite mm-hmm. their kind of restrictions. So they may have something up their sleeve, but and maybe he just really wants to come home. But yeah, I mean, these are real concerns. I would, I'd be a little bit more interested if he shot a little better. So in yeah, he's not much of a shooter, right? Right, yeah. So 2016, 2017, he shot 37, 38% from three-point range on uh, on about just under two attempts per game. That was the best shooting season that he had. The next year, he shot 33% shooting five threes per game. Uh, the year after that, he shot 34% on five and a half, and then 31% on six attempts per game. And then last year, he only played those three games. So so the um, 37 is looking sort of like an outlier. Yeah, and so I, I, I would be more interested, you know, w- what I think the Lakers need to find in some way, shape, or form this year are players who bend the defense just by being on the court. Like that, if, w- like you you wrote a, a really good article, I thought, about the Lakers being aware of Thank their you. shooting that's the, issues. That's the first time you've ever said that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh shit! That was did Christian write that? No, no. yeah, we no, we were, that was me, but we we recorded it, so yeah, yeah. So it was, but it was it was really good. I, I enjoyed the the article. I like that uh, they are aware of the issue that they ran. In. It's impossible not to be aware of the issue, uh, but but like one way that I think they need to frame their off season and 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 addressing their shooting is they have had guys who have shot well, but they haven't had outside of Danny Green very many shooters that that defenses will go out of their way to not let shoot. And and I think you know, with Dinwiddie, maybe he has a good shooting season, but he's not going to, like, no defense is going to fall over backwards to make sure Spencer Dinwiddie isn't shooting the ball. Same goes for Dennis Schroeder. Same went for Rajon Rondo. Same goes for Kyle Kuzma now, I think he, and Alex Caruso. Like, these guys will knock down shots. Uh, and, and, and KCP was, I think on his way to potentially developing that reputation, those guys will knock down shots, but they don't have that reputation. And I think you, you kind of have to pay up for guys like that, but those are the kinds yeah. of shooters that the Lakers really need to target. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, you kind of outlined yesterday why J.J. Redick would be a guy that potentially makes sense for that. And, you know, he was mm-hmm. already participating and trying to bail out Alex Caruso. So maybe he's yes. on the way. That's someone who, you know, is a gravity bending shooter. So, you know, if they add guys like that, maybe someone like Dinwiddie does become more palatable. But yeah, can you yeah. imagine the spacing of a starting lineup of Spencer Dinwiddie, Andre right. Drummond, Anthony Davis, KCP, and LeBron. Like, yeah. KCP is never going to get an open shot the entire season. Like, his guy's yeah. just going to be stuck to him like he's, you know, like prime, you know, Ray Allen or something because he's the only guy on the court that can shoot. They'll be sagging off everyone else. Like, I like that you included Drummond just to try to set me off. Like, that, that's I the read, only yeah, reason. You, you see it. You get it. <laughs> Like I'm sitting here smiling, but there's actual Anthony, I'm seeing after red they right Max now. Drummond, you know. <laughs> no, he's getting the full mid level. After they renounce Alex Caruso, all of their other free agents, and give Drummond their third max contract. No, the the the, the he's getting the mid level, and the Lakers are going to be hard capped with no inability to bring somebody else. It's going to be great. You guys uh, are going to love it. I'm going to be so happy, super super excited about 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 the that is an option. Uh, anything else that you want to add on Dinwiddie before we move before well, we move on? I do have I do have a couple crazy ideas on how he could potentially get here, but I wanted to see mm-hmm. if you wanted to take a quick break and then come back to those. No, nah, go ahead. All right, then in that case, with that non seamless segue, I will uh, <laughs> jump into these. So. Anthony, I mean, number one, okay, so let's lay out like the the first couple options. We kind of already touched on them. One, he just wants to come home. So, you know, he doesn't care about getting the bag. He just is like, hey, I want to sign in LA. I'll play for less money, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't know Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't know anyone in his camp. So I don't know how realistic that is. But maybe this report leads you to think that, you know, maybe like small mm-hmm. 2% chance that maybe that's just something that he really values. But I have a couple other ideas for how they could potentially get him. Number one, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's crypto investments pay Mm -hmm. off so much that he's just like, I don't care about the bag anymore. I want to come to Los Angeles and play for the Lakers and increase the marketability of my brand. And, you know, that matters Mm -hmm. more to me now. Or, you know, we all saw Spencer Dinwiddie famously set up like the NBA version of a GoFundMe and like tried (laughs) to have people buy stock in him. So maybe he's just like, well, Nets fans like don't exist. But, you know, Lakers fans, they would they would buy stock in me. So maybe I'm pretty sure the NBA shut that down, but I'm going to pretend like they didn't. And Spencer <laughs> Dinwiddie is just going to set up like the NBA, ver- like an OnlyFans, but not mm-hmm. like, but not like the kind only of things like only Lakers. Yeah, only stands. There we go. Yeah. Only fans of the Lakers. And they like <laughs> pay him for his contributions to the Lakers. Like yeah. for just $5 a month, if all of you pay just $5 a month, Spencer Dinwiddie will come play for your NBA team. This could be the kind of trend-setting thing that they go through. Um, option door number three, a double sign-and-trade for not Dennis Schroeder. I know who you're thinking because I feel like that door's closed between him and Kyrie. Uh, for Andre Drummond, net Ooh. possible Nets target. Oh, you'd love this. Now it's yeah. your favorite move of the offseason. You just start at Spencer Dinwiddie at center. And then you're just like, AD, no, 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 Spencer's the center. You're not really playing it. You're just going to do all the Spencer, all the center thing. But Spencer is the center. We're naming him the center. They make it's him even, jump tip, even just it, to keep AD happy. He, he even changes his name from Spencer Dinwiddie to Center Dinwiddie. Like, it's it's right yeah, there. Spencer Center Dinwiddie. Spencer <laughs> What could go wrong? But no, so the the Nets, I don't know how financially feasible this is, but the Nets, 
Um, you know, let's just say they really like they could. What could the Nets not do in the playoffs? They couldn't block a shot. They couldn't rebound. And mm-hmm. Andre Drummond can fix one of those problems. <laughs> so, you know, maybe they're just so desperate for a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie <laughs> didn't play this year. And they still were like two inches away from making the Eastern Conference finals. And maybe Andre Drummond is kind of the difference there. They just get like three more rebounds in that game and they got it taken care of. So I don't know. I, I genuinely I, I know that you hate him personally and (laughs) basketball wise but like Andre Drummond could help that Nets team in many of the same ways that I feel like could help this Lakers team uh yeah I look at you make the case you're ready to make the case for Brooklyn um so maybe they make something like that work again I'm not sure how feasible that is financially I think it would be really tough especially because it hard caps both teams and how much do they really want to help each other given Mm -hmm. you know that they might meet in the finals Mm -hmm. um probably not a whole lot boy could you imagine the tire fire my mentions would be if Andre Drummond meets the Lakers in the finals and plays well could you imagine what if the Nets won Right. Yeah, you would have to delete your account. I'd have to go away forever. I'd have to tell Justin and I'd have to tell Michael, like, sorry, guys, I can't work for you anymore. I got to quit. I'm I'm going, I'm going to go back and work at Men's Warehouse again. (laughs) Like, it's just... None of my suits um, fit anymore, but I gotta yeah. try. I gotta do something. Yeah, you gotta take the money, save the money that you're getting now, just in case for the next year, <laughs> and you could buy some suits for. Uh, yeah, and you're gonna like the way you look. For I guarantee my, it. That was for a free my plug. Second first career. Uh, yeah. But, um. Hey, I one more one more okay. actually somewhat realistic idea. No, I mean maybe <laughs> all of these are kind of you know pushing. Oh, you don't some, say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This one, though, this one, though, is probably the most realistic of all of them. So you mentioned Spencer Dinwiddie's player option of about 12 million. You know Mm -hmm. whose contract on the Lakers that lines up with almost perfectly for next year? Is it Kuz? Yeah, the newly extended Kyle Kuzma making 13 million next year. Mm -hmm. Maybe if Spencer Dinwiddie is willing to delay getting the bag by one year, he is willing to opt into that player option with the expectation that you will trade me for Kyle Kuzma. And then the Mm -hmm. Lakers would have his bird rights and be able to give him the bag that Dennis Schroeder declined. Yeah, I I mean that's of obviously of of all of the options. You're <laughs> like that's the only CBA. Do you see how one. I baited you into agreeing with my point? Like I just gave <laughs> you the most ridiculous ideas on the planet, and then was like, here's this one semi reasonable, realistic one. I think it's more realistic that he comes to the Lakers on the on the exception contract on a one in one potential, like a player option for next year, just in case he gets hurt again, and then if he plays well, wins a championship he can get the bag the following year. Like if you're saying he's putting off getting the bag anyway. Maybe he like wink, wink agrees to an extend and trade type of thing where the Lakers, like I think they have to wait a certain amount of time like they did with Dennis before they can offer it. But, you know, maybe there's just an agreement between the Lakers and his agency that like, hey, this offer will be on the table when you start the season just to extend it and give you some security. I I, I don't see that Mm -hmm. as like completely outlandish that something like that could happen. Yeah, I mean, like this is one of those. And the spots. Nets at that point, the Nets get coups for free, so yeah. it's like, well, it, if he plays like he did this year, you might not want him for free. But, but in the postseason, well, it can't be worse than Joe Harris played. Uh, you know, in the yeah, in the Eastern true. Conference semifinals, so but, at least coups so, can defend. Yeah, that's true. But so, like with with Dinwiddie, so th- this is kind of a somewhat similar similar situation as the Lakers had with Andre Drummond, right? Where you have to do something because you're not able to offer the same amount of money or whatever. You have to do something more. You have to promise something more 
uh, to get him in the door. And and in this case, I think Dinwiddie is the kind of player he has. He's a talented enough player to where I'm I'm a little bit more open to it. I'm still a little iffy about the fit. Like I thought, I legitimately thought he was a better shooter. Like I was I was I was more in on it before I looked up his shooting stats. But if his best season was shooting 37, 38% on one and a half attempts per game. Like that's his best shooting season. Oh God, it was one and a half attempts. So it really is an outlier. Okay. Right, right. So like, you know, what do you take other... seven threes the whole season? He made three of them. <laughs> it's still more than Ben Simmons. But so yeah. like, oh if, God. if it's, if, if, if that was his like, quote unquote, good year shooting, then I don't know. And, and we know what the Lakers do to shooters apparently. Where you show and up also, and you if the Lakers aren't spacing the floor for him, yeah, how, how easy is it for him to get to the rim? Right, right. So I, I, it was it'd be the kind of signing that I don't know if I would necessarily hate. I'd have to see what other options are out there at that amount of money. But it's it's one that I would sort of kind of cock my head about and say like, well, what's the role? What what role is he going to play? Is he not going to share the floor with LeBron? Is he only going to play when eighty is at the five? You know, can the Lakers find a center who can make up for the lack of spacing that he brings? Those are the kind of things that you, you kind of have to ask about. And if you're if you're trying to make up for the lack of shooting that a primary ball hand, ball handler has, like it's impossible. You'd have to you'd have to have. It's not impossible, but it's hard. Like those Nets team, I believe that thirty seven percent was probably with the Nets, right? And like mm-hmm. his uh, best actually at the was, rim finishing oh, yeah, seasons. Yeah. Yeah. have come with the Nets, uh, you know, like th- th- he's finishing at the rim with shooters spacing the floor around him. You know, it's like, right. like h- how open are those angles to get to the basket and finish around the cup if, you know, if if you can't shoot and no one else on your team can. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a difficult it's a difficult equation to kind of solve in the modern yep. NBA. Absolutely. All right. So the next thing on the docket here is Jason Kidd, who has been linked. He's going to start getting linked to like different sports, right? Like I believe, a, six, I believe five of the seven open head coaching, although there's not seven open anymore because Rick took Indiana, but he was, that yeah. was one of the ones that Jason Kidd was never linked to. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, on his way out, Rick Carlisle pours some gasoline, lights a fire, ton, turns, does like the slow walk away thing and says that he would like to see the, the Dallas Mavericks hire Jason Kidd to work with uh, Luka Doncic because of the kind of players they both are, or in K- in, in Kidd's case, what? And people, how how biting of an endo- of a non endorsement of Luka Doncic is it to compare? Did him he say in people too? I believe he did. I mean, let me make sure. I Hold on, because I was looking. Up. I was looking for people, and and I don't. I didn't okay. think I saw people. I, I may have. I may be misquoting him, but that's <laughs> okay. I don't cover would, the Mavericks, so it doesn't that would matter. be that would be perfect if if uh, Carlisle was like, yeah, yeah, like he's the same. same they both like coos. Yeah, Jason tried uh, to steal my job seven times while I was here. Mark had to keep explaining to him that your player coaches are not allowed in the NBA anymore. <laughs> When when Kid retired, he was like, "Are you sure I can't have Rick's job? Are you positive? Yeah, are you absolutely sure?" But but yeah. so uh, more like what I find super interesting here, and this isn't exactly Lakers specific, but this this I'll be I promise I'll be able to. to link he did it back say to in common as player, so yeah. so uh, not not fair people. enough. <laughs> so I was looking for people, and I was like, "Wow, he really hated Luca," but <laughs> <laughs> but, but so. Uh, I find it really interesting. So, so Mark Cuban does the smart 
PR thing and he brings in Dirk Nowitzki, right? He brings in the nostalgia. Genius. Yeah, to to get everybody's to 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 get everybody to look over there. Don't look behind the curtain. There's nothing crazy going on in our organization. See, look, Dirk is happy, right? And and so like he does that and he says that Dirk is going to help uh with the GM search and with the coaching search. And one of the first reports that we got out of there was that Dirk actually spoke up for Jason Kidd because they won a championship together. Michael Finley, I believe, was also on that team. Either that or if he wasn't on that specific title team, he did play with Jason Kidd. And Michael Finley, also in that Dallas organization, has apparently spoken up for Kidd. What's super interesting to me, though, what I find super fascinating, and it continues this trend of like Dallas lifers versus Haralabob, is that just like following Haralabob back when he was really vocal about the NBA, was that if any team would have hired Jason Kidd, he would have been absolutely beside himself laughing at that team. He would have gone, he would have spent an entire week. Laughing oh, at this, whatever. Is, this is a layer to this that I had not considered. They are, are they trolling the shadow GM by suggesting the guy, one of the coaches that he would least want to hire. This is good. I right. Like right. So like, I'm, I'm just I, <laughs> like on one hand, yes, it's a fantastic job by Rick Carlisle to just kind of tweak the knife on his way out here with the guy that he apparently couldn't stand. Right. And also like rile up the fans of rile Jason Kidd who are like, oh, this is our championship winning point guard. I have not Googled his name to see anything <laughs> else about him. Which is another thing. Like some people in the NBA, can we just like, can we get somebody, can we get a, 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 a czar of Googling for, for the NBA before like Damian Lillard speaks up for Jason Kidd and then realizes, oh shit, I probably shouldn't have spoken up for Jason Kidd. And then now Rick Carlisle yeah. speaks up for him, but he's at a point like he's a rich old white guy. So they don't normally say sorry for anything that they say. Yeah. And, and then, so, so like for, for uh kid now, I, I and, and this is how I'm going to wrap, you know, bring this back to the Lakers is that like the one thing that keeping Palenka and, and promoting him to the job that he currently has is that, they are all working in in stride with each other. Like the, it is a culture that doesn't have the giant chasm between Dallas Mavericks lifers, basketball lifers, and analytics dude who is really into Bitcoin right now. You know, like like they, it's it's the, the one. Even as I was hoping, it which is and, sort of the dynamic. I mean, to be honest, that's sort of the dynamic that they had with Palinka and Magic, where it was like it was, yeah. you know, kind of you know a more agent cap side guy versus like right. basketball eye test guy, right? And and so like I just think you know there's there's something to be said about a a culture within the workplace that even if because Haralabob like say what you will. And I will say a lot of stuff about the guy. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a particular fan of the guy. I just think he's a ginormous douche on the internet, but, but he is really, really good at what he knows. Like you gotta be a super level elite level genius to game bookies in Vegas and make a living off of that. And a really good one in the way that he did. And so like, I, 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 I'm here to say he is really, really smart in that, in that respect. But, as we see sometimes with with even sports teams, you bring in the super talented person. If they don't buy into the situation that they're walking into, you might be better off with a slightly less talented person who is more interested in buying into the into the workplace culture. And I think this is where 
maybe it works out. Maybe they bring in Bob Myers and maybe they bring in Masai Ujiri and they instill their own culture and it all works out and the Lakers win a championship. The reports anyway. were that they don't want to go after anyone that big time because they wouldn't want that kind of person would not want to defer to Cuban, who is kind of the default president of basketball operations, right. regardless of his title. And yeah. we and we we kind of sort of heard some of the similar stuff in regards to the Lakers and how important they hold their own culture uh, to to themselves and the way that they operate. So so look, it worked out. The Lakers won their championship, and they are in in good condition to be able to win next year's championship should everybody get healthy. So it's worked out. Like it's I'm not here to relitigate the the past or whatever. Yeah. What I am saying though. No, it turns I, out, I mean, I maybe the map should hire Kurt Rambis. He fixed everything. You know, it was <laughs> no, it's Lim, Linda. Like, hire both of them. The, yeah. the, the Rambis. Yeah, like, the Rambi. Gonna... The Rambi come as a pair. <laughs> they had, they've never had success when they've been separated. But once you unite those two, it's like the Infinity Stones. You know, what's, what's it's, the book? Right? It's like it's the Thief and the Magi. It's a Thief and the Rat. <laughs> like if you hire Jason Kidd, it's the Thief and the Rambi that show up and. <laughs> <laughs> hey, say what you will. The Rambi have turned the culture around. Once it, once they got yep. both of them in the building, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Lakers have been good to go. Look, I'm telling you right now that I would only operate like as a human being while paired with Jen. <laughs> like I would <laughs> so so Kurt, I can I can relate. Um but yeah, I, I so I got into the last thing on kid before we move on here. We got into this a little bit with Jazz on yesterday's show, um, on this very feed, which you can subscribe to uh everywhere you find your podcast. But if kid leaves, where does that leave the locker room dynamic? Like I, I don't think it's particularly likely that kid leaves. I think a lot of that is smoke from, from the agent. It's why like he pops up for a little bit and then he goes away. Uh, but if he I, does, I don't think he- that this maps thing is smoke from the agent. I mean, this is people, you know, like this is people in the organization with personal ties to kid yeah. or outside of the organization, but recently there in ter- terms of Rick Carlisle, but mm-hmm. like you have Dirk who, you know, played with him. Dirk, they're not, he's Jason like a consultant is not leaking that Dirk, you know, brought him up or whatever, yeah. you know, like, right. But like Dirk is like, he's a like temporary consultant. Uh, he's, 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 I think his actual position is, uh, Mr. Chief, Maverick, chief, chief officer of don't look over there is, is, yeah. is, is Dirk's, <laughs> that's Dirk's position. So it's a temporary position until they figure all this stuff out. So like even and and Dallas, by the way, is like the most legitimate right of of the situations that kid might so regardless we're 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 detouring but if kid does depart like do the lakers do the lakers go out and try to find a different like former player voice to to because that's it it seems like that's something that lebron especially really values is is a former player there to kind of bridge the communication between lebron and frank vogel yeah, so I mean, they they do have Lionel Hollins on staff, who also could potentially fill a void like that as a former. Although I again, I don't know what his relationship is like with LeBron, you know, good or bad or whatever, like or how much they inter- even interact. I don't I don't know this. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lionel Hollins is another extremely respected around the NBA Absolutely. former player on the Lakers staff. Um, a- another guy that uh, you know, like 
everyone was bringing up Terry Stotts. I don't know that he's a guy that, like, I don't know what his relationship with Vogel is like, if they have one, but like, if the Lakers were looking to bring in an offensive guru, like, that's the guy that potentially you go get. And, you know, I I thought that that was extremely unrealistic while the Indiana job was open because he was so heavily tied to that. But it seems like once Rick came of it, became available, Mm -hmm. you know, he got that job and then that's one off the table for Stotts. So does he get another job? And if he doesn't, does he want to be a lead assistant somewhere? Does he want to wait for another head coaching job? I don't know, but potentially that's a big name that they could go and get that maybe could help fix some of their offensive woes from the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, Another guy who just is kind of interesting to me, and I wonder if we'll be considered for something like that, if they don't just promote from, you know, further down on the bench, is, uh, and like, the Lakers also have Phil Handy, who, while not a longtime NBA player, is an extremely respected voice, who definitely has a good relationship with LeBron, so I'm less concerned about that aspect of it, but another guy that they could bring in, who has had a really good relationship with LeBron over the years, is Dave Fisdale, who, um, you know, say what you will about his head coaching tenures, I don't think they've gone, they have not gone super well but you know he was a guy that had a good relationship with LeBron going back to their Miami Heat days LeBron has went to bat for him publicly multiple times to get multiple jobs so you know he's unemployed he would be an interesting name again I don't know what his relationship with Vogel or the organization is like but I believe the Lakers actually considered him for one of their head coaching openings at some point yeah I I mean I know when Fisdale lost his job the first or the, the most recent time around LeBron spoke Knicks. up and said like th- this yeah. guy, this guy should be, uh, this guy should be employed by, by somebody. I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't been swooped up. It might just be that he's just enjoyed making money without working at like, that would that sounds lovely to me. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys have like complicated. Like, I think the reason Brett Brown's not back in the league is because I believe his son is like a basketball player in in like the Philadelphia area, and he just mm-hmm. wanted to stay around him and not move. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you never know with like why guys aren't back in the NBA. It's not necessarily they don't have offers; they might just be waiting for the right opportunity, or you know, enjoying having the bag while not having to work. You know, being an NBA coach is an extremely time consuming oh, job. One of the most you on look the at planet. The way all if, of them age like. <laughs> All of them age yeah. like presidents. Well, except except Byron, who just like it, it was like a thing <laughs> well, to do when you coach. were golfing. So that's why he hasn't aged. You know, like <laughs> he, he never coached. He never spoke to any of yeah. the young kids. That's true. But, but yeah, so I, if if the Lakers do bring David Fisdale in, I'm demanding those of you who make T-shirts out there, can you make me a take that for Dad Asho or shirt? I, that's all I want. Like, because <laughs> because he was said he said to take that for data, right? At, a, yes. at one of his press conferences. And I want I want a child holding like a, a rattler saying, take that for dad. We'll know, we'll know the Lakers really want Mark Gasol to retire if they hire David Fisdale as an assistant coach. <laughs> what can we do to push you out the door here so that Andre Drummond gets free reign? They're like, Mark, who do you me? not want us to hire on the staff just so we know and we don't? Oh, oh, you don't want David Fisdale? All right, well, we'll bring yeah. him in. I don't Andre know if they like fix the, their relationship, but that was an extremely dysfunctional head coach player relationship uh, yeah. at the beginning. Well, they could they could make Andre Drummond like shadow GM. That would do it. I think that would get <laughs> get give Mark him like an it. ownership stake. Yeah. All right. Last thing before we get out of here, it's become a way more pervasive talking point than I ever imagined it might. But for some reason, people are telling Lakers fans to root for the Clippers. And 
the pe- so so Ty Lu was the first person to come out and say that he said like we're all part of the one city and we all should be rooting for each other as if he would and have been honestly respect to Ty Lu incredible troll he knew there's no chance that any yeah. Lakers fan would go for that but he did he did su- successfully incept the media into writing about it as a narrative instead of their, them being down 0-2 in the conference finals <laughs> like genius stuff from Ty yeah. Lu this is next level and so Bill Plaschke picks up uh that that flag and plants it firmly in his office at the LA times and, and writes a similar thing that, that Lakers fans, we should actually get behind the Clippers. And like that to me is, is, is just exemplary of, of the disconnect that exists at his level of media and fandom. Like if you have pretend, if, if you've been pretending to be unbiased all this time and have been killing your, the, the fan, instincts in in your mind for as long as bill plashke has been writing and covering sports like of course you're gonna forget how fandom actually works laker fans don't like the clippers the clippers when they got Kawhi leonard and paul george took it upon themselves to shit on the lakers every chance they could with all of those super lame billboards and all of that stuff and it's like no <laughs> you don't do that and 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 i you know what i respected it like i that's the that's the aspect of 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 fandom that I enjoy. I enjoy rivalries. I'm really I really was pulling for Ime Udoka to get a coaching job because I've heard nothing but good things about the guy, and he's been putting in the work to be able to get a head coaching job one day. And then he get gets hired by the by the Boston Celtics. Jay Williams says he's the first black coach in Celtics history, and then pretends that he was hacked. <laughs> if somebody would hack Jay Williams to say exactly that, that would honestly though, it's the perfect crime. No one's ever gonna believe that you actually did it, and so you'll never be caught. So like hackers, like this is what you should say. You should do is like send vaguely incorrect. Not that I'm encouraging hacking. Absolutely, do not do that. But if you do, yeah. Just like vaguely incorrect tweets are the way to go because no one will ever believe it's the perfect crime. Right, right. It's it's that uh it's like killing somebody with the with the uh bit of ice, right? If you made a dagger of ice and killed somebody with it, there goes the murder weapon. You can't get you can't get caught. But but yeah. so uh I, I just I don't know. I you aren't as like fan driven as I am, right? You're more spockish yeah. at this point than I am. But yes. I have to imagine that even you were saying, like, what are you doing? Like, even, even somebody no, I mean, like Anthony, you was like, what Anthony, are you doing? As all of us as sports fans know, many people famously root for the other team in their city once, you know, their team is eliminated. It happens all the time. We see it with Knicks fans getting behind this Nets run. Uh, you know, we see it with, uh, you know, the way, like, the great relationship between, like, Angel USC fans, fans and Dodgers and, fans. Yeah. And, right. you know, they aren't even in with, the same you know, city and they hate each other. <laughs> yeah. No, Kings and Ducks fans, like, they, they love to root for the other one. They're like, mm-hmm. let's go SoCal hockey. Um, you know, it just, this is something that happens all the time in sports where once your team is eliminated, you're like, well, is there any other team of this sport? I'm just a fan of sport. And is there any other team of this sport that I can go and cheer for and give my hard earned dollars to? And yes, why the Los Angeles Clippers that don't actually have Los Angeles in their name. They took it out and are just the LA Clippers legally. That is their name. 
uh, you know, like, so, you know, I, for one, am shocked that the Laker, that Lakers fans have not in mass flocked to this team that mocked them and said like streetlights over spotlights and then like flamed out and like leaned into the memes and like have done all of this eminently mockable stuff. I'm just shocked that Lakers fans aren't like, Hey, you know, I a long time playoff piece stand logging on here. Um, I'm, I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready to root for Los Angeles's success because this is how sports work. Like I've been trying to be nice on on Twitter about like, wow, that was a really nice play that Paul George made, or the game that he had against the Utah Jazz. I rooted for them against the Jazz. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was yeah. I, I have I have reasons, but so and then and then so for, uh, for for so like when that was going on, I said like that was a badass performance from Paul George. He played really really well at the end of that series, and kudos to him for doing so. That said. When he missed those two, when he gagged on those two free throws there at the end of the I game. Screamed I screamed in disbelief. I, I, I could not that. believe what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, of my course neighbors probably thought I was being murdered between that and then the Aiton dunk to like win the game. My my neighbors definitely thought I was being killed and, and did not call the police. So thank you guys. But um <laughs> Mia finally did it. No, like for me. <laughs> If, if, when, if something like that happens and I scream like that, I've now, like, I, I I now know that a pillow is coming at my head because I'm risking waking up Avery who sleeps like on the other side of where we have our TV basically. And so on this occasion where Paul George missed those free throws, I knew he was going to miss the second one. I was so sure of it because the first one, like he barely extended his arm. Yeah. He didn't want any part of those free throws. And then the second one, he missed it as he was shooting. I was like prepared looking at Jen. I'm like, he's going to miss this. I didn't even scream because I knew he was going to miss it. The first one I was like, Oh my God. And, and so, and I, I got hit with a pillow the second time though. I knew he was going to miss. I knew he was going to miss. And, and, and you know what, you know why I knew he was going to miss It's because I paid extra close attention to this team that I cannot stand. I love that. I, I one of the more annoying things on Twitter nowadays is that like you can't just come out and say I don't like a certain player. Like I don't like Chris Paul. I'm not a fan of Chris Paul. I don't like the guy. Well, Anthony, why do you not care about player empowerment? So, uh, like, I, I think <laughs> right. player empowerment requi- requires us to like and respect all competitors of the sport because we're just right. rooting for the best ratings for the league. That's I, what I, think- I as a sports fan, do. <laughs> right. It's like I don't. I don't like certain players. I don't like. Like I don't like Jay Crowder, but my distaste for the Clippers is is it over outranks that. You know, I don't. I'm not a. Yeah. Pretty, I don't it like is, the Clippers. It is incredible. Like, this that is part of the, sports. That Lakers fans dislike the Clippers so much that they're like rooting for this like eminently mostly unlikable Suns team, other right. than you know a few players. Yeah. It's, uh-huh. uh, Although not, Chris Paul not being on the floor is made easier. And I'm not going to lie. I will laugh if he comes back tonight and they lose. <laughs> it would be incredible theater. Like yes. part of me is honestly, you know what? Flashy, part yeah. of me is rooting for the Clippers tonight. You did it. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? Forget everything that we just said the last few minutes. Phil, you were yeah, right. No, we're, we're, I'm all in. Playoff <laughs> P time, baby. Exactly. Please no one clip that. And just like that part. <laughs> All right, we should get out of here before we say that we go full. <laughs> like once you say Bill Plasky is right, your podcast should just yeah. end. All right, that's going to do it for this episode and this week's episodes of the Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed. 
Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, somehow, miraculously, our numbers keep going up despite the Lakers not playing. So shouts to you guys for all the support that you guys have given us. Uh, and I can't wait. We have some player reviews coming in the coming weeks to get you guys ready for free agency. We have free free agency primers. We're going to – Harrison does a really good job of charting all of the, the players who get connected either to the Lakers with their draft pick or with free agency. Uh, I'm, there's probably going to be some update in the next 15 minutes about Jason Kidd's head coaching can, candidacy, some, candidacy somewhere. So I'll have that covered for you on the Lakers Lowdown. Until next week, have a good one. 